Hey, hey, welcome to Pretty Corrupt Podcast, your inside guide to celebrity scandals and the reality of reality TV. I'm Jordan Ross Myers, the man behind Twitter's notorious Don Gumbelson and Lee Radswell, along with my co-hosts, Stacey Noel Connor and Nate Safer. This week, we're taking you inside the broke beer men's Kim and Croy's embarrassing divorce court reveals. We're asking ourselves if JLo and Ben are on the rocks and more importantly, are Taylor and Travis ready to get that rock? Of course, we are breaking down the meeting of the housewife Titans, Bethany and Nini's reality reckoning interview. Ahoy! Greetings and salutations. Hi. The Botox has frozen Stacy's ability to speak. So it happens. Pretty much. She went in an anaphylactic shock from black market Ozempic. No, I think it was that cement mixer BBL, was it not? Those I hear those are extremely painful. <laughs> oh my gosh. Oh, I don't even know what to say because I, I I don't feel well. So yeah, <laughs> I'm oh, happy. <laughs> it's okay. You look great. You look great. Well, I I showered and there's always you know I, I always make sure I've got that nice like, uh, it's not a filter exactly, but whatever I get to put on the the riverside to to make sure I'm not too wrinkly and like splotchy you know Mm. but it's a filter basically to make me Mm. look better I didn't even know that's an option I should really start I don't think really start exploring more than just clicking like the two buttons I know look I mean look I get paid the big bucks to look pretty so I gotta figure out every way to cheat you know she's the pretty one yeah we need to exactly Mm. I'm afraid to click buttons that I don't know. I bar- I'm barely getting by now. Oh, we know. So. We're aware. <laughs> Jordan you, and tech savvy are not exactly uh, synonymous. If, and if I do learn a new tech thing, it will become my whole personality for like two weeks. And that's all I'll do. It's like surprise you guys with filters. and mm-hmm. So Can't now. Can't wait. It's for the best. Anything else fun happened this week? Stacy, you're sick and you got some black market cosmetics, mm-hmm. injections. Well, speaking of injections, we found out that people, like from the merch poll from last week on Instagram, that people really like the idea of a PCP Ozempic pen. Um, but then the question is, is it actually the injector pen or is it like a writing pen? And I was like, why can't it be both? <laughs> like I like it. So yeah. Honestly, that's just but, I mean, it, it really is, you know. That's what I was thinking. But also my original idea was an injector pen that you know, we put PCP on Ozempic pens, injection pens, and I think that would Yeah, be like awesome. like um I mean, I guess <laughs> as I'm like, well, why narrow it down to Ozempic? We could just have a uh, PCP syringes in general. I mean, maybe. I mean, look, if pharmaceuticals, if pharmaceuticals are allowed to to advertise on pretty much anything anywhere, then why can't a a podcast advertise on a pharmaceutical? Yeah, and one that really actually, and one that really actually embraces and celebrates that pharmaceutical. I mean, look. 
we we embrace pharmaceuticals completely. The cocktail of drugs that just that just Nate and I take to mm. keep ourselves balanced human beings, yeah. I think is we're keeping half of the market afloat already just on a daily mm-hmm. basis. I think I have horse tranquilizers in my in my pillbox somewhere, but I'm not sure. It's hard to say. Isn't that ketamine? Ketamine, yeah. I don't yeah. actually have ketamine, but yes, that is a horse oh. tranquilizer. <laughs> it's not the early 2000s anymore, Jordan. I do not know how to get ketamine. <laughs> No, he is generic ketamine. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah. What's going on with you? Anything exciting happened to you, Jordan? I didn't just walk in from the Beverly Hills Hotel again. With you have that glow. Really ex- I know. <laughs> it's that. It, it's. I'm still basking in the excitement. Of thinking for like 45 seconds that I was right next to Justin Bieber and Haley, <laughs> Haley Baldwin Bieber. I mean, you I, might have been, who knows? Okay, like, so we're downstairs and he's been sighted there before. My friend saw him there before. Mm-hmm. And so I'm waiting and it's at the fountain. Uh, it's called like the fountain room. It's like the coffee shop. Anyways, first I'm admiring this girl's nose job. I'm like, God, she looks like someone. Like, I, I don't see people and go, oh my God. I'm more like, haha, who does she think she is? Oh, wait, it is her. You know, mm-hmm. that's mm-hmm. happened to me a lot. Yeah. And so um, I'm looking at her nose job first and I'm like, God, she looks familiar. And then I'm like, could it be one of those girls? Like, and my, there's a whole circle of them in my head. There's a anyone from uh, Haley could be a Rinna daughter or a Jenner or uh, someone who's friends with Taylor. Whatever, whoever's at those dinner, those girl dinners with Taylor Swift. Basically, they're all like interchangeable. And so, and then I noticed the guy she's talking to, feeding French fries to. By the way, is some. Um, Guy with his back's turned to me in a goofy white bucket hat and loud baggy designer tracksuit. And it just looked like, you know, like when they went to Dunkin' Donuts the other week for a promo and she's dressed to the nines and he's dressed like some like mm-hmm. weekend at Bernie's schlub. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, oh my God. And then I, he's starting to turn. I could see a little bit of a mustache, like the kind, like, cause Bieber's like, can't can barely grow a mustache. Grow a mustache. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I was just like, it was perfect. I was like, oh my God. And I was texting you guys while trying to take a photo, which I think the girl realized. Like the way, there was awkward eye contact. Like we were, you get it. Mm-hmm. And then I was like, that's great. That means it is her because she's sensitive to whatever the hell I'm doing. But then he turned around fully and I don't. Unless Bieber kind of tra- changed races, <laughs> I don't uh, know. It wasn't. It wasn't Justin Bieber. Uh, <laughs> um, he pulled a Kardashian and got very used a, a lot of self tanner. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like it's just like was it? It looked like him, and that made me wonder after, like, if they did this intentionally. Oh like, yeah. Well, there's, the, I mean, it's kind of the style, right? Like the Haley Bieber style is like very in right now for women mm-hmm. or has been the last like least year. 
And so for a guy too, like the, the Bieber style. So there's a lot of like Bieber couples, like lookalikes out there. But they were just like really leaning, leaning into the PDA. They were literally feeding each other French fries. And I was like, God, I don't get the, that picture wanted will be you to worth take that so picture. much. Like, yeah, that that's picture. what I mean. I think they were... It's adorable, you think. It on purpose. I could have made the... It's adorable, you think, Haley Bieber mm. eats French fries. It's, that's cute. <laughs> that's a good point. So that was... If, I guess that isn't really exciting, but for a moment it was. I thought I had something for you. Well, I think that person, if if it was not Justin Bieber, and we're pretty sure it's not, that is the that is the Justin Bieber. Like, if you were to say, just say, I saw somebody in a bucket hat and a tracksuit or oversized sweatshirt, I'd be like, hey, that's Justin Bieber. Yeah. So clearly that person knew what they were doing. And more, maybe it, I I like to think that it was Haley Bieber cheating on Justin with somebody who dresses like Justin. <laughs> oh my God. Let's start that rumor. Let's start it's, it. There, she, there you go. She's my, not even my, being inconspicuous about it, like going to the Beverly Hills Hotel. Damn. Damn, my, that's my, rude, Haley. Rude. My other thought was that it, she was Sophie Turner because we've been talking about her a lot. See what I mean? They're all just like a group and it wasn't her, but so it was either no one or I just uncovered like a cheating scandal that's going to rock TMZ this week. I will say this though, is that the, so I've waited on Justin Bieber two times as a bartender at two different places the second time, I did not realize it was him until later, until actually I'd already left. And, and my, one of my coworkers texted me. It was either an Instagram post or a tweet of somebody had taken his picture from the bar. You can actually kind of mm-hmm. see me in the background. And they got his tattoos because I couldn't see the back of him. And I'm not a huge, I'm not a Bieber person. But those were his tattoos. And they're like, you can't believe Justin Bieber's at this bar. And I remember thinking, like, this guy looks familiar, but it's weird. But I would not have thought it was. But basically, like, it was Justin Bieber. I just didn't realize it. Because mm-hmm. he, looked, he looked different from the last time I saw him in person. And he, it was that time when he had, like, really, like, bleached his hair. And he had it kind of cut short. And he was wearing a lot of those hats very stiff hats, but like right on the top of his head. He wasn't mm. like pushing it down. It was like sitting right there. And it was just a weird interaction. I don't know if he was like there with his manager or if he was there. I really want to think he was there with a, what's his nuts? The guy from Hillsong Church. That was like his. Oh, oh yeah. The one who like was Jeremy something. Wasn't it Jeremy or... something? No, not Jeremy. Name. I know what his name is. Uh, I've watched like too many Hillsong documentaries. I can't believe I'm blaking. No, I can't. I'm sick. Um, but yeah, you know, the guy, the big guy from, from Hillsong churches. So I think that's who he was with. It was just a weird vibe. Like, honestly, like, but anyway, so it could have been Justin Bieber. Well, I feel like he's like a bit of a chameleon. I feel like he just yeah. like, looks however he wants to look. I'm looking on his IG right now. Maybe they just got back from vacation. I don't mean the guy was like a completely other race or ethnicity. It just like wasn't Justin Bieber, Canadian white. You know what I mean? I was like, oh, that guy isn't. I don't know. I I feel like we're getting a little bit treacherous territory here debating whether it was Justin Bieber or a very tan (laughs) Justin Bieber. I I think. (laughs) Let's just say it wasn't Justin Bieber. 
Well, like whether this couple was Bieber or not, good for them for being able to afford it. <laughs> because I can think of a couple right now whose kids are being pushed, pushed to keep up with Haley Bieber and that failed. And uh, apparently it came out in court. They can't even afford the light bill now. So what bankrupt beer? I shouldn't even call the bankrupt. They're not Biebers. The bankrupt Biermans. Yep. Did you see Kim and Croy's latest court hearing from Atlanta? It's just, it's, it's, it's poetry in motion is what it is. Yeah. We're watching. We're watching. I can't believe the divorce is back on. Oh my god! What a roller coaster this has been, right? Even more like the. I mean, I don't. It reminds me of that movie from like what is it the eighties, like War of the Roses. Mm -hmm. They're trapped in this big house, and like except in there, they hate each other. They can't decide whether they're divorcing or not. It's really weird. We have the whole thing like. They're still sleeping together, but he still wants a divorce. I don't know how she thinks that's grounds to well, dismiss it. Well, I th- she's trying to fight that it's irre- irretrievably broken by saying, well, now we're still sleeping together. That, but it's weird. It's like a one-sided thing. He keeps saying he wants a divorce. He wants it on. He wants it on. She's trying to act like it's not happening. I don't know what she's doing. Is she trying to save face or something? Because she's, yeah, she's filed. Like, that was the whole reason they were in court is – they're, like she's trying to block him being able to sell the house because she's like, no, we're happily married. Why? We live under the same roof. We're still because, having sex. Because because Kim Zolciak lives in a fairy tale land. She lives in the state of denial, and she always has. Like mm-hmm. her life has always been well. Okay, as long as we have known her since season one of Real Housewives of Atlanta, her life has been a world of. Unreality. She's worn wigs as a white woman. <laughs> She's worn <laughs> wigs. That's very uncommon. She wears wigs. She denies that that she has a, you know, she denies so many things that turn out to be true. You know, Big Papa and all this other stuff and all these things. Like she's, she's constantly. She's, like she still won't admit who Big Papa was, mm-hmm. is, even though we all knew. She won't admit that she's had like plastic surgery done to her face. Like she'll just yeah. admit to a couple of boob jobs. And it's like, honey, you've had a tummy tuck. You've had this. You've had that. You've had all these things done. Like you have a completely different face than you did ha- have 10 years ago. Like even this like, isn't, this isn't Gua Shaw making you look younger. It's like, no. Nah, yeah, like, like, even, even the Jenners have had to cave on that. Right. Like even like Kylie. I mean, Kim still really to this like ten years later is saying her and her daughters it's all contour. Nothing but a quick contour. At least with Kim Kardashian's face, at least people do kind of debate the minutiae of it. They're kind of because mm-hmm. a lot of it's been so subtle and these subtle little changes over the years. You know what I mean? Kim's face, no. But this is this is not attacking her about like her not admit uh, any plastic people can do whatever they want to with their bodies. I don't give a shit. Um, but it's the fact that she like lies about it and she denies it. And so she just seems to me to be also one of those people who uses sex as a weapon mm. in relationships. You know, it's a way to get people. It's a way to get money. It's a way to keep stuff going on. And so I just don't, I don't doubt that like they've her and Kent, her and Corey's relationship has a lot of been a lot of fighting and fucking, or if like things go or start to go wrong, 
let's fuck. And so then you won't think about that anymore. Let's not think about the problems. Let's just have a bunch of sex. But that doesn't, that doesn't get rid of the problems though. So you know what I mean? So like when the, when the, when the divorce went off, I was like, oh, they're fucking again. That's why. And so when the divorce comes back on, so I think it's like one of those things. It's like, um, it's the, the guy version of dickmatized. Yeah. I mean, like the details that came out, I really enjoyed just how, I mean, they're not broke, broke by normal standards because they do have income. They have almost 10000 a month in income, which for a normal person is great. They have 4500 Okay, Croy has 4500 from his NFL pension. <laughs> Kim's source of income is 5000 from, I don't know if you guys know these, these clickbaits. Um, these clickbaits, uh, reality stars post on their Facebooks. Um, it's a real thing. I've seen them with them but what it is is it will be, okay say it's kim zolchak's it will be some ridiculous thing oh my god Teresa and nini are getting married together <gasps> click here just some ridiculous thing oh my god lisa vanderpump and ken divorce and then you click and what it does is take you through a series of click next click next click next and it generates it's literal clickbait for ad revenue for these companies who rent out their profiles and they'll pay you like a thousand bucks or something like that to post these ridiculous, uh, these ridiculous, the, the geodices do it a lot. Yeah. They did, Joe Gorga does, no, Joe geodice. They do it, but it's easy money, but that's her income, 5,000 a month from that. God damn. So, well, and then, I mean, Croy also made all that money off of selling his backpacks, made a point of saying that, but that was like an original filing. He was trying to tell it, like get a judge to declare that they have to give him the ability to sell the house, which is what this court hearing actually gave him that ability. But he was making in previous court statements about how they had the, they had nothing to pay off their debts and Kim was doing nothing to help. Like she wasn't selling off any of her goods, the wigs, anything. She wasn't doing anything. And Croy said just to make payments on the house, to not get it foreclosed, he was having to sell his belongings, including his backpacks. And of course, I mean, of course he was talking about like designer backpacks, but I would just picture. Yeah, no, I'm picturing though, like Jansport backpacks, like he's making like, like selling it to like a vintage store, like a, yeah. (laughs) He's got, a, here, he's got a collection there. of vintage chance sports. Like <laughs> some Does people he, get get Air Jordans, some people collect Pokemons. He collects chance sport <laughs> backpacks. Mm-hmm. Collectors' items. Croy uh, um, Beerman, Renaissance eighties man. <laughs> <laughs> I have old chance sports too. Those things never die. Mm-hmm. They really just go forever. They just get gross. <laughs> Mm-hmm. It, it's so funny that, like you mentioned, like the, the War of the Roses thing, because like the, the premise of like a divorced couple who, who are a divorcing couple hate each other, but neither will leave the house out of spite of the other one. Like this is Kim and Corey, the opposite. They're, neither of them is leaving because they literally have nowhere to go. They have no money. They have nowhere to right. go. Right. And what he is admitting that though, he's admitting yeah. their finances are a wreck. Her issue, which is why she's sticking, trying to, to force him to stay together is because once they leave, where will she go? Mm-hmm. And it will be 
a literal material humbling. Everyone will see where she lands. It will be an apartment, a townhome, a condo. It'll be a house of wigs. (laughs) Mm -hmm. I mean, she can't, she can't accept it. I mean, she's, some of the, the fun part for me is, did you see how he was, the judge order ruled that Croy's allowed to stay in the master bedroom (laughs) and Kim has to sleep in the maid's quarters in the basement. Mm. Yep. Fitting. But I like, but they both were given permission to use the kitchen, which is funny. I wonder if they have it like a schedule though, where they can't be in there at the same time. I mean, they should talk to Tom and Ariana because they figured that all out. You know, it's yeah. true. That is true. the The car thing was funny too. That Croy gets to drive the Escalade. Uh, Kim gets to share the Range Rover with Brielle. I don't even know why Brielle's in these court rulings. She's twenty six years old. Like, why is she even included? Like, they can share the car if they want, but there's no reason that judge should say, yes, you're sharing it with your daughter. That's just weird to me. And I guess they said the Rolls Royce is still there. It hasn't actually been repossessed. It's just not being used. It said it's locked in the garage. I think she, I think she will fight to, they'll have to, like, the sheriff will have to drag her out of that house once it's sold. And I think same with the Rolls Royce. If you if you lock it in the garage, they can't break into your house. So she, it's really, what's that called? I forget the term. Like eminent domain. You know what I mean? She's just gonna like like, like squatters, right? Her, she, she's yeah, gonna, like it's yeah, like this is like a squatter. A squatter. So she, yeah, yeah. She could live in that Rolls Royce, like under a freeway. They're very spacious, pretty nice. I mean, I think it just shows you, like. I'm going to say it that like Kim is just incredibly materialistic, like in that all this stuff is going on and it's not like, Oh, this is sad that my marriage is breaking up and what this is doing to my children. It's like, no, I have to save face. I still have to like, keep a keep a house, a big house. I have to keep an expensive car. I have to keep up my Botox. I have to keep up like my wigs. Like do you, you does that, am I making sense? Like, it's none of like the sad, like there's, empathetic yeah, human no, parts of it. It really is like about like all like the materialistic shallow things that she is like, it seems to be more concerned about. I think if she were to acknowledge like any emotional pain from the divorce, that would be acknowledging the divorce. <laughs> so she is, she's basically telling the judge what divorce I what decided. No, tell him he's not allowed to leave me. I think we're doing fine. Nope. Oh my God. Shoving the shoving the divorce shoving the court papers right back at the process server. My Sagittarius nature just can't abide by that bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. no, no, I can't do that. And I, I love no. that Kim tried to claim that she should be able to get to sleep in the. Uh, I don't think we're calling it a master bedroom anymore. I believe it's the it's preferred the nomenclature is the mm. primary bedroom. Um, because the because she had recent neck surgery, she claimed and uh, needed to sleep in the in the nice king size bed. Uh, and then, of course, Croy uh, countered with, uh, "You were in Colombia for the last several weeks, sleeping in like a hotel bed, and you're fine." 
I guess she was in Columbia because that's where they shoot this real life. Is that in Columbia? I don't know why, but yeah, yeah, she just wrapped a reality show. But is that was that show always filmed internationally? I don't remember. Like in the no, beginning, I, was, I think the original one was probably filmed in a rental in the valley. Yeah, it, yeah, it seemed like it was like the big. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. So I said earlier that I think that they are like a couple that fucks and fights, but I think like the higher echelon of like Kim and Croy. I mean, our, that picture earlier this week of J-Lo and Ben Affleck and their, another fight in the car, it looks like, that they're upset about. Are they Kim McCroy, like, adjacent? Are they just a couple that loves to, like, fight and fuck? Like, that's what they do? Like, they have, like, these big old fights and then they, like, make up? Is that, is that, do they have a passionate love affair like that? I don't know. Does... Does it ever seem like JLo's happy? Like, like even when you see photos of her smiling, it's like, does she is she actually happy? And you know, I don't hate. But to, neither does Ben. No, oh no, he's famous. He's famous for like his memes of him looking grumpy yeah. and 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 sad. And no, I mean, nothing's more perfect than that that picture of him smoking out like outside on the stoop, and he just has like <laughs> the biggest like you just you can hear the sigh in the photo. Um, That's me but, outside luggage claim or whatever. <laughs> exactly <laughs> the look after a fight, yeah. But the yeah, the photos in question, like, uh, yeah, it looked like they were having a very stern talk in the car. Uh, and it, I, people might be reaching, but they they were like, well, it's just conveniently, this was just a few days after Ben was photographed with Jennifer Garner, and he looked really happy in that photo. Yeah. Wait, so people, of course, are like, okay, these are connected, obviously. Obviously, these are connected. <laughs> because nothing has happened in their lives between the, that time. Nothing else goes on. <laughs> right. I think part of, like, the what keeps the JLo and Ben mystery going, which they might need to change their angle, is that they try to live like old movie stars in um in the current press. So they're always silent. They're always getting in and out of a car, leaving a hotel, a restaurant. They never comment on their relationship. So it's almost that like Elizabeth Taylor, Richard Burton mystery, mm-hmm. except now we're in 24-7 instant media and commentary. And while... Um, even a even listers like them don't do that anymore. You know, they speak with the press. Everything they do is very controlled, and they're like remote and limited. And I think they might need to play with the media a little more. Have some fun with it. But this is my thing, though. That they are though having these fights and these altercations. I mean, I'm going to use that very loosely. You know what I mean? Because they're just more like lovers' tiffs, but. But they're having them in public. Mm-hmm. They're having them in public, but then they're not addressing them in public. So this makes me wonder, is this their kink? Like, mm. do they kind of like get off on like making a scene in public like that? And then seeing both how people Leos. react? Yeah, mm. like it's kind of like, and it could either be like a sexual kink or just like a whatever kink. You know what I mean? But it's like they kind of like enjoy it. You know, that everybody's talking about them and speculating and it's just a way to like bring up drama. Yeah, I hope for their sake that's the case because in the, what, two years since they got back together, they've looked miserable with each other in every single photo. So I hope it's their king because otherwise they just hate each other. Yeah. 
Exactly. I mean, when the when the re- relationship originally tanked, like what was it, two thousand four or whatever? Mm-hmm. Part of it was he couldn't take the pressure of being in a whirlwind relationship like that. And so, but I mean, now he's supposed to be sober. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't. I'm not giving them till the end of time here. No. I want to know how much. I want to know who will get and how much that sixty-five million dollar house will go for in like two to two to four years <laughs> when they're on to the next. Yep. Mm. Mm-hmm. Well, we had another poll up. Well, did we or did you have that on your personal? Oh, me? Was it for, wait, was it for uh, Taylor? Mm-hmm. Yes, on Lee Radswell, where that's things it. really, I dive into really deep, you know, that's what I'm known, I'm known for. Um, yeah, yeah the, if, if the Lee Radswell Twitter account is anything, it's deep introspection, obviously. <laughs> obviously. <laughs> so I tweeted last night a poll on Lee Radswell, turning to issues of national importance. Have we thought about what cut Taylor Swift's engagement ring will be? Because, which also, I did decide that they're going to at least, they don't have to get married, but they're going to get engaged. It's just time. It's good for her brand. People are so invested in her. They want to see the next step of her fairy tale life. So I decided that's going, or Lee did. It's mm-hmm. going to happen. And so the poll was what cut engagement ring? Because you know, whatever she gets is going to spark a huge trend. 100%. Her whole, like, huge trend. So I put up the options were round cut, emerald, pear, or cushion. Because mm-hmm. Twitter only gives you four options. So I went with the foremost. And um, emerald cut is winning by a lot 46% of this very scientific poll posted stoned at like midnight ish <laughs> as I was falling asleep. Um, how many burners Emerald of yours is winning? How many burners you used to do, burners of yours? Did you use to vote for Emerald cut or is that even your choice? Would you even actually have a more preferred option? Myself, I kind of, pre- I'm not going, well, by the time this is out, it will be, um, I was going to reveal what Lee thinks the ring will be. Um, I thought, I like was really, honestly, I wanted people's opinions because I don't know Taylor's, I'm not that invested in her. I won't be like, oh, once in an album three years ago, she referenced, uh, no, I don't know that <laughs> stuff. Yeah. So I was just like, well, okay, when it comes to this, she is very classic. She's into those classic designs. You know what I mean. She's very like, and I was like, I don't think she'd do anything like whimsical or weird necessarily. She, I think she would do an emerald cut, big, but not huge. Something like six, seven carats, not 15, 20 carats. But I think it will be flawless and perfect perfectly proportioned and something that came, it looks like it came out of like 1940s Harry Winston or something. See, I voted cushion cut and, but I also, but I too feel that it would be put into like a vintage style setting. Mm -hmm. And a cushion cut is a vintage um, cut as well. So it's Mm -hmm. like, so like I could see that one. 
being, oh no, I'm thinking Asher cut. Asher cut is, yeah, a vintage, yeah. is a vintage cut. But I could see her having an Asher cut too, like in yeah. that vintage style setting. So, but anyway, and it also kind of has that emerald type of thing. But I didn't want to give her, I didn't want to vote emerald for her because I like an emerald cut and that's what I want. And I don't want to have the same ring as her or similar ring as her when my, when my, special day fucking finally happens when I'm 65 years old. There's something about, I was thinking about it. She won't, my guess is she wouldn't have like one of those 20, 30 carat Kim Kardashian, Paris Hilton style ones. People are rooting for her and she's aspirational, but there's something that needs to be relatable to relatable as well. And if she comes in like Elizabeth Taylor style, it's, too much for the little girls who look up to her. But I think just something, a ring that's like, if I married like a regular rich guy with like, you know, like a regular heirloom, you get what I mean. Like, I think that's where it's going. And <laughs> matters of national importance here. But it was, my mind wanders when I smoke weed. And- it's going to be super awkward though. Cause at the, at the rate of that, their relationship is, is, from like two weeks ago to now, they might actually be married before this episode comes out. And this whole conversation is going to be really awkward. Yeah, what if they leave the game tonight and they just fly to Las Vegas and get married? That would not surprise me. I, I, I only recently got into this Taylor fandom and everything. And so I was, uh, you know, somewhere out there under some anonymous username, she has a Pinterest. And that Pinterest must be fascinating. There are probably engagement rings and wedding, wedding everything from dr- dresses to settings to flowers, like the yes. ultimate, oh, the she, ultimate fantasy. Yes. She has, a scra- she has, has scrapbooks. Them. She has like, uh, like yeah. Monica Geller. She has a wedding scrapbook. She said since she, I would say since she was a child, but she's, she's not that far off from being a child. Yep. Actually, no, I mean, she's yeah. in her thirties now, but she'll always seem young to me. Yeah. yeah. That was another thing I saw um, this week. And I kind of was like, someone said the media has always coddled Taylor Swift. We, they still think of her as like this blushing, like teenager, like she's out on her first day ever. Tra- Travis is going to be her prom date. She is like in her thirties, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. but they still the I guess the media does. I agree. They kind of view her as a second like teenager. She's like two years younger than you. Like that's frightening. Yeah. Well, quite famously, like she was born two in billion nine. richer. Born yeah, in 1989, quite famously. So you can do okay. That. So she's like that's three years younger than me. Mm-hmm. I mean, she's in a. Yeah. But I mean, her, so that means she's 18. Because I'm just barely. Because <laughs> you're just turning. <laughs> I don't no, know. That's, pro- that's problematic so- for Travis Kelsey, though, if she is 18, I think. He's getting quite a glow yeah. up, though. That's that. I mean, I think that's what a lot, I mean, I, I, I'm not saying this, but people are that, you know, they, that this could be somewhat of a PR thing. Uh, Cause it certainly benefits a him. Showdowns. I don't know. I don't know how it benefits her, honestly. Uh, but like this benefits him insanely. Like his his jersey sales have gone up four hundred percent. His podcast with his brother, which uh, I don't want to name, mostly because I can't think of the name. Uh, that's blown up. He's God. He, this football game. I was just watching the football game that she's currently at, and th- there are three or four uh, Travis Kelsey commercials that probably were not airing last week. 
Like now they're they're all all over the place. Mm. So it's helping him. I just don't the the whole PR stunt angle. I don't see what that does for her. I mean, I think I, it's also helping the NFL. Oh God, yeah, mm. it's a glow up for the NFL. It is. It is. We are look. We're we're on the Swifty side, and especially now we're going into October, which is like Breast Cancer Awareness Month. And that's when all the NFL players put on the pink stuff and mm. everything like that, you know, for Susan G. Komen. And it's like, they pretend to, to, to like women, you know? So it's like, here, we'll, here we'll pretend to like, we love Taylor Swift. That's how much we pretend to like women. We're going to pretend to love Taylor Swift and we're going <laughs> to milk her, milk her for all we can. So we get as much money from you women's as much as we can. Cause we've, uh, we've lost a lot of you over the last, you know, five to 10 years. So let's get you back with Taylor. Oh, I'm sorry. I was going to say, it just clicked for me what the benefit for Taylor would be. How do you top the eras tour? We, she has made a career out of these, um, these breakup albums, these breakup songs, but it was always like young love. Now, okay, she just, she's on or completing whatever eras, the biggest like tour in history. Where can she go from here? A divorce album, a single motherhood album, mm. the ah. next level of single it. Single motherhood album. <laughs> that's, kind of, that's, that's kind of Adele's lane, though. Does she want to get in Adele's lane? I mean, who can compete with? I, I really think right now in the music world, there is only Taylor and Beyonce. So I, I don't think Taylor has to worry about Adele. I think that would be a good. Don't yeah, tell I mean, Adele that. <laughs> yeah. You know she'll, what I mean. Like, she'll come after you with that accent and those nails. Don't don't tell Adele that. Like I mean, we just kind of sort of acknowledge that maybe Taylor's not nineteen anymore. Mm-hmm. I mean, and all these have been these young love breakup songs. It's time to have a nasty, bitter public divorce. I want to see her stumbling out of Mr. Chow, no ring. <laughs> and then that's when I, that's when that song will drop. I th- just getting back to the, the tin hat uh, conspiracy theories about whether or not it's a PR stunt. One thing that does kind of not, in, you know, what does benefit her is to um, kind of erase it, erase the Maddie Healy relationship from our memory. That she, you know, remember earlier this summer she was sort of dating Maddie Healy from the uh, 1975, who's incredibly oh, problematic, and yeah. so people are like, maybe her team was like, we need to find you something, someone who has a higher Q rating. Travis Kelsey, people love Travis Kelsey. People love football. Like, it's the the I can see how the the way that the NFL and everybody is like beating us over the head with it. Like I said during this game, they cut to Taylor every every few minutes it's like because the nfl knows they'll they'll get fans they'll get the swifties to watch because taylor keeps getting shown but then all like the football fans who don't care about taylor swift will complain and be like get get her off the screen this is our football we want football but they won't stop watching because people don't Mm -hmm. stop watching football so the nfl's like we're not going to lose them let's try to gain them so they're going to keep doing it you know until for as long as this thing lasts my tin hat is right I, yeah, I guess we'll see. I mean, I'm I'm still. Sh- I was really pulling for her and John Mayer to to, pull, to reunite. To reunite. <laughs> I, they could be our new J Lo and Ben. <gasps> J- J- Taylor Swift. Let's manifest I mean, it. 
the, a, a couple be, divorces down the line yeah. for Taylor. This won't be her first. Oh or, my God! Uh, they, oh, wait, no, it might be her first. Their first dance at their wedding could be to Dear John. That would be perfect. Oh, love it. Love it. I love this for them. Okay, sorry, Travis, you're out. I mean, you might be married for a small time, but you're... He's a good first husband, Travis Kelsey. He's a good first husband for her. Yeah, I think they'll they'll get married in in a year or something. I think they'll knock out some kids, maybe one, maybe two. I see her as a girl mom. And then, but maybe one of each, and then she'll be done. She can get rid of him. It's very, um, it's. I almost said it's very, and then it will be the the album. Yeah, her next album. I like it. We have it all planned out. There we go. And then she starts, and then she reunites with John Mayer. And he, in the meantime, maybe he's gotten married. Maybe he hasn't. But he's at least probably had a kid. Or two. Oh, he has several kids. Who are you kidding? <laughs> I don't know if he knows about them, but he has he has a lot of kids. Of course, he knows about them. He's gotten the uh, lawsuit, the law, the paperwork. He knows. He knows. <laughs> There's NDAs out there like crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's settlements, <laughs> allegedly. <laughs> Enough though with losers like Taylor Swift, J Lo. Ben, I mean, who cares about them when you when you have the woman who claims to have invented the media, invented Bravo, invented Andy? She gave birth to Andy Cohen live in the skinny girl loft. <laughs> Don't you dare disrespect Evelyn like that. <laughs> she gave birth to Evelyn, according to herself. Yeah. Bethany Frankel and I'm talking about Bethany. I love Nini, but it was Bethany and Nini that sit down on her podcast this week. Did you catch that one? I can't. You made me listen to it. <laughs> yeah, I know. You I'm made, asking you. You made me listen to it. And the thing is, though, is that I didn't realize that I was listening to it before you actually fucking listened to it. So then I listened to two hours of it. And then I got to tell you to only listen to one hour of it because part two is the part that you wanted to listen to. I listened on double, which, okay, first of all, you're a mean person, Jordan Ross Myers. You're a mean person. You're like, no, that was just mean of you. Like, I've been sick and you made me listen to Bethany Frankel that much. You gave, made me listen to two hours of Bethany Frankel. I could listen to two hours of Nene Lee. That's great. She's wonderful. But like, two hours of Bethany Frankel, no. I, I, I respect was, the fact that you didn't ask me to listen to the or tell me to listen to the Bethany Frankel podcast, knowing full well that I wasn't going to. So I appreciate that. That you know me. You you, you could you vibe get. off of us. Yeah. I mean, as you know, this is a Bethany Frankel stand pot. No, I'm joking. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, um, but so I actually listened today driving around LA with with the podcast on double speed because okay i can't take a lot of bethany but do you know what it's even more like it's trigger like sensory overload listening to bethany on speaker on double speed she already speaks on double speed and i really and then imagine too doing that and having to rewind because your window's down and you're smoking on the freeway it's just like a lot of noise coming at you 
almost had like a seizure at the wheel, but I got through it. The Bethany Nini reality reckoning. Mm-hmm. What did well, you the, think since you listened to it first? Well, let me tell you about the first part first, since you didn't listen to it. For me, it was like, oh, um, I had two thoughts about that because basically it, my first thought was like, oh, Bethany's letting Nini do her uh, homework for her by just like, like, but at the same time, it was kind of nice because Nini got to, to kind of tell her story about like her backstory about like where she came from the whole, the whole story about like her mom and her aunt and her uncle and that, mm-hmm. that ra- being raised and everything like that. And um, her eldest son's father a little bit and meeting Greg and all of that type of stuff. Um, and so, so that was kind of nice. So there's a part of me that was like, Oh, like, but it still sounded a little bit like, well, Bethany, did you read up on Nini at all? Like, because she, it wasn't like she was asking like probing questions. I mean, she was allowing Nini to speak and like tell us more about her, which I, which I appreciated and liked. But at the same time, let me just, cause I got to be a little critical. It was just like, girl, you could have asked her some more questions that were a little bit deeper than surface to show that you did some homework before this. And not just relying on your mutual, you your your few interactions, and obviously your mutual um, foundation of housewives and Andy Cohen and that to go she, off of. She couldn't have gotten like one of her unpaid interns to like type up so, like an info sheet for her, like a correct. Uh, I would have killed to be on the negotiations or coordination between these two. Um, because they both had teams and they're both like titans. They really are. I mean, since Nini's in the mix, I'll give the Bethany is too. I would never acknowledge Bethany on her own, but it was interesting to see these two titans of housewives come together. But I also know, having been involved, the emails back and forth between their teams coordinating and what, who comes to who and what it's a whole, it probably took like, a couple weeks before they could iron it out. And I would have loved to see it because they're both, I mean, unique, unique powerhouses. I'm sure there was a battle of egos on some level. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Well, it was, I don't know where you want to start, but it was interesting because at one point Bethany's in the part two, Bethany was talking about wanting to do a reality show with Nini where they would like get in an RV and travel around the country and see the country from each other's point of views or whatever. It was going to be called Ebony and Ivory. Right. Bethany yeah. said that. I it was going to be called was, Ebony and Ivory. I really hope that was just original. a working title and not like I, actual <laughs> title. We'll just have to let that one go. <laughs> I don't know. But, but then she said that she was, Surprise! So it was like, first of all, I was like, oh, okay, that's interesting. And then she was talking about how she was talking to production companies and agencies, and basically production companies about trying to get this thing going. And they all were basically saying no because of Nini. And, and that she was surprised at that. And I guess... Part of me should like back up a little bit. I, Nini basically in the part two was talking about how she has been in a sense like blacklisted from 
had been blacklisted from work for two years because of the lawsuit that she filed against Bravo. Um, and so, and so the fact that she was blacklisted, that does not surprise me to be honest with you. I don't, I don't doubt that Nene was, um, but the fact that, that, that Bethany Frankel would not think that, Hey, there might be some issues. People may not that Bethany might be that Bethany that Nini might be blacklisted or Bethany that oh my god I can't talk or that <sighs> Nini might be persona non grata at, at certain production companies that associated with Bravo ever since this thing that blows my mind that again makes me go to the whole thing that she even says in this podcast you can't be stupid and smart at the same time it makes me go Bethany what do you think and it's not that it's like we should automatically think that like Nini's being blacklisted, but at the same time, it's like, well, you, why are you, why are you shocked at that? Because you're saying that you know how these people operate, that mm -hmm. you know how these executives operate, that you know all this stuff. So then why are you effing surprised? That's, that's my point with that. I have a, I have an, I'm going to go on record to say I have an opinion that isn't totally slamming this interview and episode. Mm -hmm. I appreciated, and this may have been her way, because she had a talk show, Bethany, mm -hmm. and et cetera. And this, this was the first time I had heard her take a back seat. Yes. And she acknowledged throughout that Nini is the greatest housewife of all time. She really, she said, mm -hmm. you are the goat. You are the most memed. You are the most. Mm -hmm. She, Nini, and I agree with that. Nini mm -hmm. is a part of pop culture. Her face, her mannerisms, mm -hmm. her little clips are part, be way beyond Bravo and housewife fans. It's just yep. like a part of, the, what's it called? The zeitgeist? Yep. Mm -hmm. And so I, it was just interesting. And I enjoyed seeing, hearing Bethany actually be respected. Cause usually she goes after people like Raquel, low hanging fruit that she can dominate. Mm -hmm. And this was one where she took a backseat and it was almost like she was listening and letting Nini, li mm -hmm. listening to Nini. And I thought that was, I'll give her credit for that. Mm -hmm. And then the other one that got me. Was when Nini, or I'm sorry, when Bethany finally humbled herself to say she was just another housewife. Did you catch where she said, um, she was talking, they use as an example, the game, the power games housewives play. Mm -hmm. And she said, Andy's baby shower was like the peak of it. And it's hosted by Kyle and Nini and all the other housewives that had to take a back seat and were jostling for position. And, um, which is true. I mean, and she said it's reflective of who's hot at the moment. And Andy's always said that Beverly Hills is the crown jewel. So like she, they made, they were kind of making digs at Kyle. If you didn't yeah, catch, I did. they, they, there's a resentment there. Whatevs. But, um, Wait, where am I going with this? Oh, Bethany finally admitted that Andy is in a position of power over all of them as housewives. Mm -hmm. And she admitted that she did care and seek his validation and took 
and felt special when she sat closest to him at the reunion or he gave her a call or invited her over. And Mm -hmm. all those things she would normally put down and say, I didn't need Andy. I invented him, whatever. She finally admitted, just like any other housewife, and they all are like that. They want Andy's special attention and no one's above it. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it was pretty humbling. I mean, basically, this was the most humble I've ever heard Bethany. And I was like... Well, I felt that there was the least amount of bullshit. Mm-hmm. Because also, like, you can't bullshit NeNe. And also, right. she and like you said, like, she allowed... She took a back seat. Like, and that's... I mean, that's the only reason I was able to get through, like, two hours mm-hmm. of listening to it. Because, you know, we haven't heard much directly from NeNe in quite a while. And so I felt that was really good to hear from her and, and Nini being very honest uh, about a lot of things and, and Bethany not dismissing any of it. Mm-hmm. There were some times when I thought she was about to dismiss it, but she was really just asking a more probing question or she was just trying to dig out a little bit more. And I was like, Oh, okay. 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 Um, but yeah, it wasn't. I'm I'm with you. I was like, well, I don't, I don't, I don't hate her. I hated not <laughs> hating her. What does that say about me? I'm, a, but yeah, I was like, you know, it was good. She was respectful and Eni, and I never, because we we had to remember too in the early days of Atlanta. I know a lot of people brought those clips and tweets back up on Twitter this week and Instagram. Bethany was really dismissive of um, Atlanta when it first came out in a really um, racially insensitive way. Mm-hmm. And she said things that were really um, questionable mm-hmm. and disrespectful. And so to see her, like, maybe she'd been briefed on that. Like, hey, bitch, remember what you said back in 2010? Because she was very respectful of Nini, which I appreciated because I... If it didn't go this way, which she paid Nini her dues, I would have loved to see them snap at each other and watch watch Nini demolish her. If they had gotten that RV show, they definitely would have snapped at each other, for (laughs) sure. 100%. That would have been amazing. I mean, I do think it was interesting because they were talking about how, um, you know, basically with Andy, you have to, like, kiss the ring. But Mm -hmm. that... He's no longer a Bravo executive like he had been before. And he's kind of like, he's talent now, even though he's technically an executive producer for all the Housewives shows. But it's like, so he's got an interesting position there. So I was kind of like, well, then th- this, I guess, was my only kind of question about it is I, I still, I, I still, I agree with, I I don't have to agree with them. I believe them when they say that you, with Andy, you have to like kiss the ring basically. And that I could see him playing favorites. I can see a lot of people playing favorites, but, but I still wonder like how much power he has to decide which housewives come and go from the shows. So you know what I I mean? I do know on certain at a certain point, newer shows he's not in charge of. But the original ones, he this is if I remember, he explained it once. The original ones, I think he still has like a vote on the casting board. He said for someone to be brought on board, 
this team, I don't know who else is on it, everyone has to agree. Mm-hmm. And that's why it took Marlo so many years to get a peach because she was always like one or two votes short. And so the original one, so Orange County, I don't know what his role is today, but he explained it a few years ago. But I'm thinking either way, besides the hiring and firing, but he can, even if he's not an executive with Watch What Happens Live and everything, he can make you irrelevant without firing you. Mm-hmm. you who comes on the show, the seating, who comes on Watch What Happens Live is big. And if you sit next to him, um, the seating arrangement at the reunion, who you know, you can tell by a social circle who's in and who's out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he does have that. He's kind of like a Truman Capote in the Housewives Are as Swans. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. Um, there was also another thing because I remember because it was the last season that that uh, Nini was on. She talked about and she kind of explained about the the whole incident in her closet when she when she tore the the cameraman shirt when pulling him out and everything. So she explains it, and I won't go into it because I think people should listen to her explain it. You know, me explaining it, it's not, well, it's not as good, especially because my brain's not all here. But, um, but I do, I do, she was making the point though, which I thought was very relevant, especially in light of what happened to Shannon Bedore a couple of weeks ago, that Nini got in so much trouble and they made such a big deal out of her not wanting somebody people to go into her closet, which apparently she expressly told uh, production that she didn't want anybody to go in their closet and da da. And so, and then when she pulled the cameraman out, they were it wasn't as they made it all seem to be through editing and everything like that and through promos that it was a bigger deal than it actually was. They're like, look, if if he had a really big issue with it, he could have sued me, a la the cameraman who 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 filed the complaint against um, Michael Darby, you know, at Monique Samuels, like baby shower, you know, that mm-hmm. type of thing. So, you know what I mean? She's like, but it's like, I get in a lot of trouble. And she basically was making a very big point that like the, the, the women of color housewives are held to a higher standard and they get harped on a lot more for little things. Whereas like the white housewives, they can get away with murder, basically. Like Teresa goes away to jail for so many years and they wait for her to come back. Yeah. She even flips a table, she flips a table the first season and she's iconic. They're like, it is like if if Nini had flipped a table the first season, she might have been off the show. Right. Look at I mean, look at like Monique and Candace. Exactly. Guess what? Teresa are New Jer- they kept using New Jersey as an example, which I thought's great because New Jersey for what you'd call, I guess, like a white franchise. Um, they have the most violence. Yes, they um, do. They do. They're between the hair pulling, mm-hmm. the shoving, the table flips. I mean, they really are the most, overall, probably they have the most violent history of any housewives cast. Exactly. But so, if, yeah, but if um, Atlanta, someone sh- grabs a t shirt or if I, mm-hmm. I mean, it's like shocking. Yeah. Phaedra, I mean, it's been, I'm not defending what Phaedra did, but Phaedra basically starting a rumor that Candy was wanted to R-A-P-E, you know, mm-hmm. uh, 
uh, Portia in her in her dungeon that gets her fired as opposed to like you know, Shannon Bedore is kind of DUI. She's probably not going to get fired. Like she crashed into no. a house. She's probably not going to, Gina Kershaw Niner had a DUI, didn't get fired. You know? Yeah. It's mm-hmm. like, it's uh, Jen Shaw has gone to, gone to uh, jail. Will she be able to come back? Who knows? We'll see. We'll see. You know? Cause I mean, I think that would be a really interesting test of, uh, of housewife. Granted, I don't know how long she's in there. I forgot how it's long. Like she's six been years. There. It's longer. She'll yeah. be out. Uh, I think Jen Shaw's out in twenty eight or twenty. She's not. Her short sentence isn't as long as I thought. Yeah, I think she'll be out in like five or six years. And she's besties with Elizabeth Holmes, apparently. That's a show I want to watch. Can they? Is there? Can they get footage of that? That's a business I want to invest in. <laughs> A co-venture. Mm-hmm. I love it. I love it every day. One thing I did want to say, this kind of, I know we mentioned it earlier, one thing where both of them annoy me is they were doing their, um, they, at the end, you know, they, Bethany was saying, you know, Nini, you're the greatest of all time, and who are your greats? And they all came, I think they came together with, but they mutually agreed it would be Nini, Bethany, Vicky, and Teresa. And they were like, we put our hearts into it. We get dirty. The women on Beverly Hills care too much about image and being pretty or something. And I was like, and they kept oh making digs about Kyle throughout. There's obviously some kind of, you know, like they discussed on the show, there's jostling for a position with Andy and the thing. Well, and, and, and Bethany thought, has a history with Kyle too. So right, going way back, and really, you can't say Kyle's held back. I mean, this is just—I was like, okay, maybe some of them have been fake. Kyle has put her her fan. We know so much about. She put her sister's alcoholism on there. The first, the finale episode of the first freaking season. I'm yeah. sorry. Taylor Armstrong put her husband's suicide and domestic violence on there mm-hmm. the second season. I, let's, let's shut the fuck up. Like, yeah, I was like, shut the fuck like, up on putting it all out there. Yeah, I was like, what, what did you fight about, Bethany? You're, uh, your sugar-free margarita brand versus uh, Sonia. I mean, like mm-hmm. the Beverly Hills has actually maybe it's glitzier, but it's also darker. I mean, yeah. the storylines when it goes south, it is like. So I don't know. That was one thing I took exception to, but it was really kind of reflective of what they talked about, which is jealousy amongst housewives and rivalry amongst franchises. And they both seem to be pointed at Beverly Hills. And I was like, no. <laughs> I think, and when they were talking about like the jostling and the power games and everything, I I kind of rolled my eyes because I was like, ladies, granted, they were, they were all their OGs in their first season housewives. Mm. So they didn't really know what they were getting into. Whereas housewives nowadays, if they're going to get into it, they know what they're getting. They they have more of an idea of what they're getting into. But I go, ladies, you're old enough to just know that life is high school. Like we never grow out of high school. It just, the buildings just change. The players just change. Like this is just all high school and, you know, yeah, vying for like, the popularity contest and everything like that. Like, just stop. Like, 
this is let's stop complaining about this because it's it's in everything in every different arena of life you can find this bullshit happening. Yeah. So yeah, is, like they just found a way to make money off. Of it. Yeah, moms in the PTA or PTO, whatever they call it now. Like you see, like soccer moms, like you see it happening all the time with people trying to be like the best and like jockeying for all this stuff and whatever. You know, dude, sister wives for fuck's sake. <laughs> Speaking of popularity contests, you know, you can make us the coolest kids on the block. Pretty Corrupt Podcast. Please make sure to rate, review, subscribe, and share with your friends, enemies, coworkers, castmates from rival cities or departments, if you like work in an office or something. Um, also, make sure to head on over to social media, Instagram and TikTok, where the cool kids are. We're at Pretty Corrupt Podcast. On Twitter, we're at Pretty Corrupt One. And on those accounts, you can find links to our personal accounts where we are individually um, different shades of weird. So. <laughs> That's fair. It's a perfect way to put it. So, on that note, who wants to say bye? Aloha.